Welcome to the Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget. Now let's grow together. Welcome back to another episode of Bloom. For those of you that are just now joining, this is the third episode. So there are two previous episodes. If you want to go back and take a listen, um, I would encourage you to do so. But if you have been here from the very beginning, then you know what to expect. And today's episode is all about planting our peace and looking for ways and creating ways to allow more peace in our lives and living a life that is more peaceful and content and finding more in less. So let's go ahead and dive in to learn a little bit more about some things that I'm doing in my life, things that you can apply in your life as well. But but there's some ways that I'm really trying to be intentional about creating more peace in my life. So I want to want to share that with you, and hopefully this will resonate, and you can apply some of these tactics as well. As I mentioned before, I used to be one who would stuff as much as I could into my day. I would fill my calendar with meetings and appointments and events um, like I didn't have a choice. You know, I realized last year that I did have a choice. I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to to cram everything in, to make it all work, to try and please everybody. I found, you know, when things shut down and we had to had to stay home, I found that I didn't have to do all those things. So after I got a little bit of taste of that, I decided that I really, I really liked it. I really liked the change in pace. I really liked the slowness. I really liked less. So I decided no more running, no more wearing myself out, no more overcommitments, no more responding to somebody else's to-do list, no more overstuffing. And in doing that, it became so freeing. You know, I really found a lot of peace. Um, I realized that I had fell victim It was an addiction. It it was something that I needed. I felt like I had to have in my life. I craved the busyness. Maybe you do too. But what I'm learning is that in this season of my life, saying no has forced me to be still. And it's something that I struggle with every single day. Um, It is really, really hard. As I said, I fight it. It's not something that comes natural. It's something that I'm learning that I'm having to kind of unlearn and relearn the whole process all over again. But um, choosing to ignore that noise of more around me and, and what everyone expects me to do, I found out that I don't need more. I really need less and everything that I have is plenty. So I want to enjoy more of that. I want you to enjoy more of that. I want you to find your peace and to find your more with contentment and what you already have. For some, it's probably going to be hard. You know, it's hard to let go of something that you're used to. As I mentioned, it's a relearning process. But I'm here to tell you that there is a lot of freedom. There is a lot of of joy that comes from that. And when you experience that, then it's something that you're going to start to realize that this is the new way now. This is the new thing that I'm craving. You know, I, I want this peace. I want this peace for my family. I want this peace for my mindset. I want this peace for my feelings. I want this peace for my decisions. And everything around that will will start to shape you. So today I'm going to cover five things that have really helped me uncover this newfound peace and really to be intentional about, you know, what I'm putting in my life, what I'm not putting in my life so that I can create a space for peace. The first thing is really just about being still and just being um, as I mentioned, this is not something that that comes easy for me. I was in constant motion at all times. I didn't know how to be still. 
I had 37 tabs open in my brain at all times and four more waiting to load. When I was sitting down, I was distracted and halfway listening. And I, I would be talking to my husband and he would be telling me about something. And maybe it was something that he was wanting to do or, or something that he had um, had to get off his chest. And I'm listening and I'm fixing lunch boxes or I'm putting something away. I'm phone clothes. I'm answering my daughter in the other room. I'm trying to make eye contact with him, but I'm really not paying attention. I was not present. And that was a major issue because I wasn't giving him my undivided attention. I was not being present. I wasn't being still and being focused. And so that's something that I've really had to work on. I've really had to just stop and and do less and focus on what is right in front of me. The average person gets distracted seven or eight times per minute. So think about how many fragmented thoughts that is. I used to think doing all those things while I was super mom, I was fixing lunches, talking to my husband, answering my kid, putting food out on the table. You're doing all these things. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. You know, this is what it means to multitask. But really, it's not a gift. It's really a curse. And for all you parents out there, we may think that multitasking comes as part of the role. I'm trying to unlearn multitasking right now. So if that's something that you want to do, maybe we can hold each other accountable. Shoot me a text or shoot me a message on Instagram. Let me know and, and you can you can help help me out. But it is it is very hard um, to really just just stop and be still. Um, but in in knowing that that I'm multitasking, knowing that I'm giving little pieces of myself here and there, I'm not 100% present. So one thing I'm trying to work on is really just being still. There's a saying that says something like, don't get so busy trying to create a life that you want that you forget to enjoy the life that you have. You know, we spend so much of our time thinking about what did or what didn't happen in the past, worrying about tomorrow, that we forget to enjoy today. We forget to be in the present. So that was me. That may be you. I, as I mentioned, I'm still trying to work on that every single day. I have to remind myself to be present and, and focus on what's in front of me and to be in that moment where my feet are. Since our move, we've had so much time together, and it's it's really been a blessing for our family. Um, when Jacob and I get home from work, oftentimes our nights consist of making dinner, and then um, you know we'll we'll take a few minutes and hop in the koozie tub, as my three year old likes to call it, and we sit out in um, in the hot tub and we'll we'll look out, turn off the lights, and we can see all the stars. You know, we see more beautiful sunsets. We take walks around the lake with our girls. We've got deer in our front yard um, for my husband, who is a hunter. That's that's a great thing. Um, probably not so good for the deer. Um, but anyway, we're we're seeing a lot of wildlife. We probably smell way more skunks than I'd like to. But um, it, it's given us a lot of time to, to be grateful and have those little reminders all around us in ways that we can see, you know, the beauty that's in front of us and be grateful for all of those blessings and to really take some time to just be in that moment and be be mindful, which leads me to my next point, mindfulness, being present in the moment, slowing down and let those moments shape you. You know, when we sit out there and we look at the stars and I think I know a little bit about astronomy, you know, I took some classes at Western when I was in, in college and um, I try and point out, you know, some of the constellations that I sort of halfway remember acting like I really know what I'm talking about, but I don't. Um, but it, it's neat to sit there and to hear you know, the, the comments from, from the girls and, and the thoughts that they have and, oh, that looks like a unicorn and this looks like a mermaid. And do you see the dinosaur? And just 
to really stop. And as I mentioned in another episode, use your senses, you know, really think about, you know, what, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're smelling, what you're feeling, you know, all of those things and let that shape that moment and cement that moment into your memory, you know, being, being conscious and, and aware at that exact second. So I would encourage you to, to take a few minutes every day throughout the day and practice mindfulness. Um, get centered and give some space to your thoughts without any distractions. This could be with kids. It can be without kids. Um, I would encourage you to do this without any technology. Just find a quiet space. You know, go lock yourself in a closet, sit in your car, um, whatever you need to do. But just find a space where you can get quiet and listen and observe all that's around you. Because when you open yourself up, you know, it's going to give you more clarity and awareness and, and force you to think about what is in the here and now. All right. The next one is probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest for me, um, and that is setting boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. It is hard and it is not fun. Um, I would say probably the biggest boundary that I need to work on is putting my phone down. That may be something that you can relate to as well. Um, Technology is great. It's a blessing, but it's also a curse and you have to set boundaries with your phone. You know, it's, it's sad when you go out to eat and you look around the restaurant and nobody is having real conversation anymore because they're looking down at their screen or you see kids and they're staring at a phone and trust me, I'm there. I've been there. I still do it. I will hand my device off just to have five minutes of uninterrupted conversation. But not saying that makes it right, not saying that makes it wrong. Again, I'm not here to judge anyone because I do it too, but we've got to figure out what those boundaries are. So at our house, we have a no technology during dinner rule. So when we are having dinner, there are no phones or devices at the table. If you get a phone call, or a text, you put your phone down. You don't even look at it. You don't respond unless it's 911 emergency. You know, you you don't interrupt that time together. That is a sacred time that we have with our family every night. Um, my husband will get very upset with me if I pick up my phone. I will get very upset with him. You know, we do the same with our daughters. It is just not allowed. You know, we're, we're letting our children know that this time is, is sacred. It's important to us. And there's not going to be anything that interrupts that. So that's that's one rule that we have. Um, the other thing that we have is um, I have a boundary with my phone during the morning. My, my morning routine is another time that is very sacred to me. You know, I'll get up, I'll have my my prayer and my quiet time and my journaling, and I will oftentimes leave my phone where I can't reach it. And I'll put it either leave it in the bedroom or I'll leave it on the table, not in the chair beside me so that I'm not distracted or tempted to pick that phone up and to start scrolling. I have to be very intentional during that time. So no phones at dinner, no phone in the morning routine. Another thing that I do is um, I've turned off notifications on my phone. Your darn watch reminds you all the time. It's time to breathe. It's It's time to stand up. It's time to time for another glass of water. You know, there's all these different distractions throughout the day. And as I mentioned, you get all these interruptions it makes no space for productive thinking. So what I've gone and done is to turn those off. You know, I just turn off the notifications so that it's not constantly dinging and reminding me. I don't know if any of you all have watched Social Dilemma on Netflix. If you haven't, 
I would recommend it. It it really lets you into, you know, how your phone and how social media and how the platforms are being used to keep you engaged at all times. So I've really tried to be mindful about that and to set that boundary and say, I'm turning this notification off. I'm not going to respond to that um, because I was, I was constantly distracted. There was a point where I would look down at my watch, my Apple watch, and I would think that I had a notification because I was so used to feeling that vibration that I got to where I was picking up my hand and looking at my wrist and there would be no notification, but I had conditioned myself to, to look for that. And, you know, I would think that I was feeling a notification and really I wasn't. So I knew at that point that was enough. I ended up ordering a watch and it's just an old fashioned watch, a dial watch with a long hand and a short hand. Is that what it's called? I don't even know. Maybe it's the hours and the minutes hand. Anyway, ordered a watch that didn't have notifications. It didn't have, you know, all these different distractions so that I could stay focused on on being present in the moment. That's so embarrassing that I don't know what it's called. Obviously, this is proof that I have allowed technology to use it as a crutch that I don't even remember what kind of watch it is. This is going to drive me crazy. So check your notifications. There's an app that you can get. It's called Moment. If you if you really want to see how much time you spend on your phone, um, download that app. It will really open your eyes. But another thing that I've known others to do, something that that I do think is is great, um, is to put your phone in another room when it charges at night. Not to have it on your nightstand. Not to have it within reach. Um, for one, so that you you don't you aren't tempted to pick that up and get distracted and wake up at two o'clock in the morning after being up with, with your daughter or your, your son and just start scrolling randomly. Um, I'll tell you all some funny stories about that, but I would, I would buy things apparently in my sleep because I would pick my phone up. It would be on my nightstand and I would be at work the next day and my watch would send me a notification and it would say, your order has shipped. And I thought, what did I order? I don't even remember. And so I would go to the email and see what I'd ordered. And I would realize that I'd ordered something at 11:59 p.m. or 2:13 a.m. and not even have a clue, you know, because it's so easy now on Instagram. You just check out in the app, and now you know it just shows up at your door. So that's one reason why it probably wouldn't be a good idea to keep your phone by your bed at night. Um, another thing I used to do, <laughs> I would have my sister-in-law would tell me, "Did you see your comment on so and so's post on Facebook?" And I would say, "No. Well, what did I say?" and she was like, I, I'm not sure if you really meant to say that, you know, maybe you were asleep. And so I'd go back and I would look and sure enough, I would be like A, B, C, D, F, G, you know, the random alphabet text where you're just, you may start to say something and I would doze off and I would wake back up and realize that I had posted something that I didn't intend to. So embarrassing things can happen. Um, but point is, don't set your phone by your bed at night. You know, it's, it's a distraction. You're, you know, they say to really detox yourself about an hour before bedtime from technology so that your mind can, can start to rest, that it can start to relax. Um, this is a great time to practice some gratitude, which I'm going to get to a little bit here in the episode. Um, but let your mind kind of just shut down and give it an opportunity to rest before you go to sleep. So anyway, um, another thing about setting boundaries is looking at what can you say no to? You know, is it one less commitment? Is it one less board that you have to serve on? Um, is it no more checking email after a certain time? Um, my husband and I have a rule about, you know, not not talking about work after a certain amount of time at, at the end of the day. 
Um, maybe there's one less team that you want to sign your child up for. We have a rule in our house that is with four girls. And right now we're really only running two back and forth and we're not involved in a lot of sports, but it's, it's busy. Um, so we, we've told the girls that you can choose one sport at a time. You know, if it falls during different seasons of the year, that's great, but we're going to do one thing at a time because we're not going to fill our schedule so full that we just run you all over town and run ourselves ragged. So Um, What can you say no to? Because remember, when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to someone or something else. So who is getting your yeses? Who or what is getting your yeses? All right, let's clear our calendars. Let's make room for more of what matters. And again, I was one who used to think that I felt so important because I had all these things booked on my calendar. You know, it made me feel needed. It made me feel important, but it also made me feel frazzled and anxious. And it pulled me away from my circle and it left me feeling empty because I was wanting more of the things that weren't filling me up. I was wanting more of those the wrong things that I didn't need to be paying attention to. So how do you clear your calendar? Let's focus on what is most important. And can you accomplish and combine two things into one? You know, there's times at work when I'll say, let's, let's do a two for one. Let's roll this in to one and let's, let's make it impactful. Or let's, we're going to set 30 minutes for this meeting, we're going to set, you get five minutes, you get five minutes, you get five minutes, let's go. Um, How do we make more out of less? So keep that in mind. One of my favorite things that I have started doing this year is um, create before I consume. So what that means is before you start to absorb the ideas and thoughts of other people, spend some time alone with your own thoughts, creating your own ideas Don't let the thoughts of others shape you or your own direction. When you're scrolling Instagram, your feed shouldn't look like everybody else's feed. When you're looking at Pinterest, your house isn't going to look like everybody's house. Your birthday parties aren't going to look like everybody else's birthday parties. Your weddings, your first communions, whatever it is, is not going to look like everybody else's. So before you get so caught up trying to create something that someone else has done, um, be creative yourself. And I, I'd use this primarily in the morning. Um, it's definitely something that you can an apply, can apply throughout the day. But when you first wake up, you know, your mind is, is waking up, your thoughts are waking up. Let that be a time where you write down your own thoughts, your own ideas before you start scrolling social media and looking at the thoughts of others. Then what's happening is those thoughts are already shaping you from the moment you first wake up. So the rest of your day And as you can see, this goes on and on and on. It's not just your mornings. It becomes your day and then it becomes your weeks and then it becomes your months and then it becomes your year and then it becomes your life. You know, you're, you're allowing yourself to be shaped by other people every single moment of every single day. And you start to realize maybe this isn't who I am because I'm somebody else or I'm using this person's thoughts and this person's idea. You know, we want to create our own thoughts and ideas. That's, that's the plan. So create before you consume, you know, you, you want to be you, we need more of you. All right. My next thing on the list and finding peace and, and making sure that I make some space for that is to practice gratitude. When I was a little girl, I remember watching a movie called Pollyanna and there's a line in Pollyanna that said, when you look for the good in others, you'll surely find it. And that's what gratitude is. You know, when you start to count your blessings and be thankful for all the things that you have that you've been given, those blessings multiply and you begin to see more and more of it being poured out throughout the day. 
um, last year, one of my gratitude challenges with my, with my women's group was to write down five things about my husband that I was grateful for, for two weeks, and then come back and share some of that with, with the group and let them know, you know, how that worked. Um, you know, it's easy to get started. It's easy to really start and say, I'm thankful for this. And I, I love that he does this. And I love that he does that. And, you know, the more that I began to write those things down, honestly, the more grateful I became, you know, the things that I would write and I would think about, you know, gosh, there's, there's some things that he does that really kind of annoy me sometimes, but the more I would write down those, those things that I was grateful for that he did, the less of that, that I noticed, um, you know, when I, I focused on the good things, you know, I would catch those, those glimpses of special moments of things that he would, he would share with our daughters. And you do, you forget about the fact that he can't find anything when he put, when it's put away, you know, it has to be right where he left it. Even if that is on the floor, you know, I, I would start to overlook some of those things because you, you do, whatever you focus on expands. And if you're looking for negative, that's what you're going to get. If you're looking for the positive and if you're, you've got a grateful heart and you're going to see the good. Um, so focus on the good and the good's going to get better. All right. My fifth and final, final tool to help you maybe find some peace or final tip is to channel your inner Elsa and let it go. And if it's not serving you, it doesn't get to be a part of your life anymore. We should be so focused on this is who I am. This is who I'm not. And this is what I'm leaving behind rather than trying to be all things for everyone. You know, when you start to think and take that next step and break free from what's not serving you and you walk away from that and walk towards what is, that's where the magic happens. That's where it's at. You know, the world is going to constantly tell you how you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to parent and how to raise your kids and how to climb the corporate ladder. Here's my advice. Don't listen. Don't let the expectations of others put you in a box and tell you not to be exactly who you were meant to be. I'm going to repeat that. Don't let the expectations of others put you in a box and tell you who you were meant to be. Listen to that voice inside your own head. Listen to that voice in your heart that's telling you to take your own path and dare to be different. I referenced Untamed in one of my last episodes. And if you haven't read the book, I would encourage you to do so. But she tells the story. She opens with, you know, this cheetah race. And um, this cheetah race is is a lot like a lot of our lives. And I think that a lot of you all would, would probably relate to it. Um, there's also a really good podcast where she and Brene Brown talk about um, the book Untamed. You know, there's there's so many times that we put ourselves in this box and we think that we've got to to be a certain way. We've got to act a certain way. We've got to live a certain way. We've got to respond a certain way. You know, she talks about that book about how we have conditioned ourselves to think and act a certain way. And really, it's not serving us. We have got to let some of this stuff go. Um, I have a picture in my podcast room of my nine-year-old and she's holding a sign for career day a few years ago. And it reads, when I grow up, I want to be a tattoo artist. Um, it's not your typical career path at that age. Um, and the letter board is, is kind of pieced together with written words because there weren't enough letters to use, but she went to school that day. She has tattoos on her eyelids, tattoos on her cheeks, tattoos on her arms, her ankles on the back of her neck. You know, she's, she's all tatted up. And of course she had temporary tattoos for the whole class. Um, she wanted to, to make her tattoo shop and she wanted to call it tattoo Charlie's, which is, is awesome. And you know, her dad and I told her that we would be her very first customers, that we would support her in whatever she wanted to do. Um, 
but she was seven at the time. And I remember thinking, gosh, she has more courage in the bones in her body than I do. She knew exactly what she wanted and she was not afraid of what others thought. You know, she, she wanted to continue in pursuit of whatever she, she was interested in. And that's what we all need to do. You know, we want to, to continue down that pursuit of finding our purpose. We need more Charlies in this world. We need more people that are going to stand up and say, this is who I am. This is who I'm not. And it's okay if you don't like it. We weren't put on this earth to be like everybody else. We're here to create change and share our unique gifts with others. We should never apologize for that. And we should never want to fit in to be like everyone else. So one thing that I've realized is that my impact starts in my home not out there. You know, it starts in me. It starts with my family, then everybody else. You know, it's not the other way around. And I'm finding so much more peace by letting go of the expectations of others and encouraging my girls to let go of the expectations of others and just be seen for who they are. All right. So let's recap of ways that I'm finding peace and ways that you can find peace as well. And there's numerous other ways, but these are just things that have have really helped me in the last few months um, to get to that point. So Go back to being still, you know, be, be in the moment, be present, um, practice mindfulness, you know, think about when you're are, when you are still and you're in that moment, what are you feeling? Look at your breathing. You know, are you calm? Are you, are you enjoying? Are you seeing, are you, you looking with your, your eyes and, and your feelings and your emotions and, and paying attention to all those things around you and really practicing that mindfulness. Um, another thing is practicing gratitude. When you focus on the good, the good gets better. Set boundaries, um, not only for unexpected shopping, but um, also for just for yourself. You know, you've got to, you've got to protect that peace. You have to, you have to create an environment to where you can set yourself up for success. And then let go, let go of those things that aren't serving you. Let go of those things that aren't bringing you peace. Take inventory in your life. Write those things down. Do two columns, things that bring me peace, things that don't bring me peace. Evaluate those. You know, maybe there's things that you can't remove from your life. You're going to have to find another way to work through it. So take inventory of that and figure out a way that you can create more peace in your life. And it's a choice. You have to plan it. You have to be mindful of it. You have to create a space for it to thrive. And at all costs, you have to protect it. So don't get so busy creating the life that you want or the life that you think others think that you should have, that you forget to enjoy the life that you do have. All right. I encourage you to go out there and find more peace. If you see me, as I mentioned, let's hold each other accountable. This is not, I'm done. I'm here. I've arrived. This is, I'm continuing to work on this. And if this is something that you're continuing to work on, let's work on it together. We're in this journey together. So I look forward to next time. I appreciate you being here today and I'll talk to you soon.